Well, I am so, I mean, I really am excited. I know I say that a lot, but I want you to know that genuinely I'm so excited to be talking uh, about the topic of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and that's what this series is about, the God I never knew. And I have been at this church for 10 plus years, and I've been the teaching pastor for seven. So I've been preaching, um, you know, pretty much every week for about seven years. And we have never taken dedicated time to talk about the Holy Spirit. And uh, a lot of different reasons, I'm sure. But more than anything else, it's just because in my own life, uh, I have been on my own journey uh, with the Holy Spirit. And, and a lot of you know my story. I grew up in a church home. I'm a fourth generation preacher. My, aunts, my, my uncles are preachers, my granddad, my great granddad. I grew up at Pentecostal churches, which is actually what we are, but there, it can mean a lot of different things. And and so when I got old enough to kind of start making my own decisions and believe in my own ways and actually getting into ministry, I'd kind of decided, you know what, I want to love God and do ministry, but I want to remove the whole Holy Spirit element because my experiences with that were not necessarily positive ones. How many people, you're like me, like you got out of your house and you decided to be the opposite of what your house was? Anybody? That, okay. All right. A couple of us. That was me. And then over the last, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 years, like what happens in our life, God's just been bringing me back around the mountain. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Until one day you call your mom and dad and you're like, you were so right. Anybody ever had to do that? And, uh, and so God, like God has just been doing a lot of stuff in my own heart. And so a lot of what I'm going to be sharing to you over these next three weeks is, is things that I've been living out. Uh, fleshing out, writing down, and, and learning for myself in a revival of sorts in my own life uh, with the Holy Spirit. So I'm just I'm really excited to be talking about it. Let, let me ask you this question. How many picky eaters do we have in the room? Let me see your hand. Picky, eat, A lot of picky eaters in the room. 10 o'clock, not many, not many, but, but uh, there must be some connection between sleeping later and eating pickier. I don't know. Anyway, I am a picky eater, not as picky as my wife thinks I am, but I am a picky eater. And here's, if you're a picky eater, you will understand what I'm about to say, okay? If you're not a picky eater, you're not going to understand this, and I'm sorry, you just won't get it. We're tired of arguing with you. You just won't get it, okay? Picky eaters have the ability to look at a food, never try it, and know they won't like it. Picky eaters, can I, can I get an amen? Okay, yeah. And, and every time, the non-picky eaters, what do they say? How do you know you don't like it if you won't try it? We know. We know. You ever see a movie trailer and know you won't like the movie? How do you know you didn't like it if you didn't go see it, right? You just know, right? And picky eaters have a way of understanding, I'm not going to like that. That looks disgusting, Okay. And I know what I like and I know what I don't like and I don't like that. The reason I bring that up is because I believe a lot of us do that with the Holy Spirit. I believe a lot of us in the room have said to ourselves, based on the little bit of information that we have or we know, we go, I don't like that. I don't want anything to do with that. And someone who maybe has the Holy Spirit being a larger part of their life says, well, no, 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 how do you know you don't like it? And we go, I just know I don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit, or I, 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 don't, I just know I wouldn't like it. I think that, that some of us fall in that camp. Let me ask you another question. How many of you in the room, uh, you grew up in a house 
that had a breakable room. And what I mean by breakable room is it was the room where the nice stuff was and you weren't allowed to play in there because you would break something. Anybody have a breakable room? Anybody have a mom who left the plastic on the couch? Anybody, let me see your hand if your mom, okay, just a couple of you guys, yeah. Sorry, I don't know. My mom had a breakable room and we kept the plastic on the couch and the fancy china was out and everything and uh, Jason wasn't allowed to go in there because Jason would break things. And uh, maybe, maybe you didn't have a breakable room, but what about this? How many of you right now have towels that are hanging up in your house somewhere that you're not allowed to use? Let me see your hand. Makes no sense. My wife bought towels with our hard-earned money, hangs them up, and I don't get to use them. But if you came to my house, you may get to use them, right? Maybe. Or, or, or maybe what, there was a time when Andrea went and bought a... We'd been married a little while, and she said, hey, we need a new bed comforter. I said, I don't know why. Our bed's very comfortable. She said, no, no, we need a bed comforter. I said, what's that? She says, the top sheet thing. I'm like, all right. I thought it was like 25, 50 bucks. I don't know. Go get one. Sure. And, uh, and so she goes and spends way too much money that I didn't realize how much comforters cost. She goes, it's way too much money. She brings it home. It looks really comfortable and fluffy, and I'm so excited that night thinking about sleeping underneath my brand new comforter. It's going to be like sleeping in the clouds. It's going to be unbelievable. I walk into the bedroom that night, and the comforter is pulled all the way off the bed. You you know what I'm talking about? I said, where's the comforter we just paid all that money for? She's like, dummy, you don't sleep with it. (laughs) Why why would you not sleep with it? We just bought it, right? Well, the reason I bring that up is I think maybe we don't treat it like picky eaters treat the Holy Spirit, but I think a lot of us treat the Holy Spirit that way as well. That the Holy Spirit is something that's nice and fancy and for other people maybe, but not for us. It's that decorative piece of our relationship with God that we don't really engage with because that's not, you know, necessarily what we're supposed to do. Maybe you relate to that, connect to that. But more than anything else, more than the picky eaters in the room and more than the fancy decorative group in the room more than anything else. Let me tell you what I believe, the the, the types of people who are in the room today, and this is what excites me about this series, is I believe that most of you who are sitting in here are completely open to the idea of the Holy Spirit being a huge part of your life. You just don't know. You just don't know. You don't have bad experiences. You're not cynical. You're not angry. You're not bitter. You don't watch Christian TV. You don't know what those people do on there. You've never been to a crazy church with, you know, crazy people. And, well, you probably, crazy people in church, you know what I mean. But, like, you don't have baggage. You're, you don't, you just want to know. You're hungry. You want to know. So many of you, you've gotten saved here. You've given your life to Jesus here. And you know there's more. You're just waiting on somebody to teach you. You're waiting on somebody to explain it. And I love that because I feel like we get to start with a blank page today. A blank page that says, okay, God, we're interested, we're open, and we want you to teach us what you want us to know about the Holy Spirit. And that's why I'm excited talking about it. So I'm going to read some scriptures. There was a sheet of paper in your worship guide when you came in today. I want you to pull that out. I'm asking everybody to take notes today. I'm asking everybody to take some notes because I think this is going to be, we're going to learn a lot today. Let me say it that way. It's going to be very teachy today, okay? So... You may feel a little bit like you're in class. I don't want that to be the case, but I thought the best place for us to start, we got three weeks to talk about the Holy Spirit. I thought the best place for us to start would be to answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? And so I want to teach you some fundamental truths about the Holy Spirit that maybe you knew, maybe you didn't know, that will help us kind of lay the foundation 
for where we're going to be by the end of this series. All right, so I'm going to read three scriptures to you. I think they're on the top of your paper. I'm not sure if not, they're going to be up here on the screen. But I want to read starting in John chapter 14, answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit today? John chapter 14, if you start in John chapter 14 and you go to John chapter 20, it's six chapters of Jesus talking to his disciples, letting them know the things he wants them to know before he gets arrested and is killed and is raised from the dead. So this is like Jesus's um, deathbed speech, if you will. Here's what I want you to know before I go away. Give me your undivided attention because this is the last kind of teaching I'm going to give you. And for six chapters, he lays out a lot of things. But one of the main things he focuses on is the Holy Spirit. And he's teaching his disciples about the Holy Spirit in kind of a blank page, brand new, fresh start way because they don't know either. Okay? So let's start John chapter 14, verse 15. Here's what it says. It says, if you love me, obey my commands. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Obey my commandments. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Advocate could also be translated as helper, counselor. It's just someone who is there to to assist us. And this advocate, this helper, will never leave you, verse 16 says. Verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit. If you've got a Bible or something, you want to underline he He is the Holy Spirit. That advocate, that helper that Jesus is going to send to the people who love him, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. So everybody doesn't have the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and now later will be in you. Now, he's talking to disciples and he hasn't left yet and hasn't sent the Holy Spirit. But for, the best way for us to read that would be to say, but you know him because he lives in you. Okay, there's no later for us because Jesus has already come and gone. So, but later he will be with you. Now, that last statement is very important. It says the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. And the reason that's an important statement is that would mean that it is entirely possible for the Holy Spirit to be all around you, working and moving and speaking all around you, but if you're not looking for him, you'll never recognize him. That's what Jesus is saying, that there are people who do receive him and do recognize him and people who don't. But the distinction is those of the world, those who haven't put their faith in Jesus Christ and those who have. For those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ we can receive and recognize the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, John chapter 16, same conversation just two chapters later. Jesus is still talking to his disciples. This is what he says in verse seven. He says, but in fact, it's best for you that I go away, talking to his disciples. Now, let's just stop. What a crazy statement that is right there. Jesus is saying to his disciples, It's better for you. The best thing that I can do for you is to leave you. That's kind of odd. I mean, this is the same Jesus who fed 5,000 people, walked on water, put an ear back on somebody who had it cut off, raised a guy from the dead. I mean, if I had to pick one person I wanted to spend my life with and walk around with, I would pick Jesus. And Jesus says, it's better for you that I go. Why would it be better For us, or for the disciples, that Jesus would leave them. Because that made them sad, obviously. He says, it's best for you that I go. Because if I don't, 
then the advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Verses 7 and 8 is huge. And we're going to read one more. But I want you to understand what we just read right there. We're laying a foundation. Jesus said, it's better that I go away. Incredible, miraculous, unbelievable Jesus says, it's better that I go away. Because if I don't, the Holy Spirit won't come. So Jesus is saying, if we're, if we're understanding what Jesus is saying right, correctly, Jesus is telling his disciples, it's better for you that you have the Holy Spirit than it is that you have Jesus. That's huge. Because so many of us in the room would say, yeah, Holy Spirit, I don't get it, I don't understand it, take it or leave it, I'll just have Jesus. Jesus says to his disciples, I know you love being with me, I know you love walking around with me, we've had some good times, let me tell you something, it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit than it is for you to have Jesus. Now don't get, don't get lost in the lingo, because we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God, and we'll get to that in a second. But just, I wanna, I'm, I'm trying to stress to you the importance of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus said, if you have to choose, choose the Holy Spirit. It's better for you, Jesus said, that you have the Holy Spirit. And there's lots of reasons why that statement was true for the disciples literally in this time. Like, let me just give you a couple. Jesus, while he was on earth, could only be in one place at one time. So if Jesus is healing this guy, he can't be healing this guy. If Jesus is teaching over here, he can't be teaching over here. But he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be in you. He's going to be with you. So the Holy Spirit can be in that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. I can only be right here, Jesus says, but the Holy Spirit can come. He can speak to everybody everywhere, heal everybody everywhere, teach everybody everywhere. And Jesus says, that's better. That's better. So let's don't just embrace Jesus. Yes, I believe in Jesus and neglect the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, no, it's best for you to fully embrace the Holy Spirit. Let's read one more, okay? You guys still with me? I know we're reading a bunch here, but just just hang with me for a second. John chapter 16, verses 12 and 13, okay? Same talk, same thing Jesus is talking to his disciples. Here's what he says. He says, there's so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now, which that's true. There's going to be things we're going to be talking about about the Holy Spirit, and we, we won't be able to get it totally, right? But he says, when the Spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Now, we're going to read more verses throughout this series and and other, other kind of descriptions of what the Holy Spirit is. But I wanted to read these three to you today on the first week to just lay this foundation that Jesus tells us that we should want the Holy Spirit. That in no way is Jesus describing here this idea that like, yeah, it's going to freak you out. It's going to be crazy and you're not going to like it and there's going to be weird people and stuff. But it's okay. Just accept them how they are. No, no. Jesus says, listen, I got incredible news. Now, you're not going to think it's incredible, but I got incredible news. I'm leaving. I know. But something better than me is coming. It's the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says to his disciples, you're going to want this. Because when it shows up, it's going to help you. Now, can I ask you a question? Anybody in here, you could use some help in your relationship with Jesus. Let me just see your hand if you'd say, I could use a little help. All right, not everybody. Some of us have it all figured out. But for the rest of us, we'd say, you know what? I could use some help in my relationship with Jesus, all right? 
Some of you guys, I could say, who wants a $100 bill? You'd be like, I ain't raising my hand. Not in this church. I'm not doing it, right? We can have help in our relationship with God, and the helper's name is the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I want that. I would like that. I would like the Holy Spirit to help me know God and know Jesus better. All right? Now, I'm going to give you four statements. Four statements we're going to learn about the Holy Spirit today, kind of to, to, to better understand. And remember, we're answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit? All right? Number one, and the answers will be up on the screen for you for all the type A's who don't want to miss a fill in the blank. Here we go. Number one, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Now, even if you're not familiar with a lot of church doctrine and church theology, you have probably heard someone make this statement in your lifetime, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You ever heard that? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay. When we say that, we are describing the Trinity. The Trinity is God three in one, all right? And it's, in, it's impossible to fully grasp and fully understand because it's God and God's ways are higher than our ways. But there are a few things that we can use to help us understand better the Trinity. The Trinity is God, one God, one person God in three different forms. There's God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not three different people. It's one person in three different roles, okay? So one way you could understand that would be water, the element of water. Water can be ice, water can be liquid, or water can be vapor. Same chemical, never changed. It was this water. It just had three different forms. Does that make sense to everybody? Or what about me? I could give you this example. I, Jason, am one person, but I'm a father, I'm a husband, and I'm a son. Not three different people, one person in three different roles, all right? Now, beyond that, it's impossible to understand. Like, that's the, be- that's the best earthly analogy we can come up with, that God has three different roles and three different forms But it's not one guy's God, one guy's Jesus, and one guy is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God, just in a different role than God the Father and Jesus the Son. Now, the reason that's important, we're not going to get off into the Trinity today, but the reason that is important is I want you to know and fully understand today that the Holy Spirit is not a lesser form of God. It's not God the Father, he's in charge, and then, you know, Jesus is a close second, and then, yeah, the Holy Spirit's over here, and that's not, that's, the Holy Spirit is not a lesser form of God, he's God. The Holy Spirit is not Casper the Ghost. The Holy Spirit is not goosebumps. The Holy Spirit's not an energy drink. The Holy Spirit is not an it, okay? Now, I, I will probably say it a lot because of all the bad habits growing up, but the Holy Spirit is a person. Look at how Jesus described him in the verses we read. And when he comes, he is the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into truth. He will convict the world of its sins. The Holy Spirit is God. He is a person. He is not a thing, an it, a ghost, a goosebump, an energy drink. It's not like, ooh, there was, you know, that's not, that's not the way it works. He's a person. And if he's a person, then that means you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I love that idea because I always thought that the Holy Spirit was like a, a formula 
The Holy Spirit was like a, if we do that song right, and if I pray that prayer right, then maybe the equation will work and the Holy Spirit will show up. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he's a person, and I can have a relationship with him. He's not a lesser form of God. The Holy Spirit is God. So if you learn nothing else that we say today, tomorrow morning when you wake up and you go to work, if you just think about the fact that you can have a relationship with the person, the Holy Spirit, then that's going to that's gonna drastically change your view of his role in your life, okay? So number one, the Holy Spirit is God. Not a lesser form of God. He just plays a different role in God, okay? Number two, the Holy Spirit helps me. The Holy Spirit helps me. I'm sorry, that's not true. I messed that up. Number two, the Holy Spirit is always with me. You know what I just realized? I'm using notes from Tuesday. I had five points Tuesday. Not anymore, I got four. Number two, the Holy Spirit is always with me. The Holy Spirit is always with me. I, I was freaking some of y'all out that like just have to have perfect outlines. You're like, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit. That's what they're going there, right? I know, I know, it's crazy. Number, number two, the Holy Spirit is always with me. Let me read you 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? This is one of the reasons that Jesus said it's better that I go because the Holy Spirit is in all of us. He's, he's with all of us. He's not in one location. That, that the Holy Spirit is in me. And we have other examples where in the Bible where the Holy Spirit is also around me, like the Holy Spirit, like we sang this morning, could fill this room as terminology that we use, that he's around us. But let's don't ever get confused that the Holy Spirit's out there somewhere and not in here. The Holy Spirit is in me. Look at what Jesus said in the verses we read. He said, the Holy Spirit, uh, because you're looking for him, but you know him because he lives with you and is in you. So he lives with me, he lives in my house, and he is in me. Okay, the Holy Spirit is always with me. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So here's what that means according to the Bible, that you're spirit-filled. You are a spirit-filled believer. And some of you guys are like, no, I'm not. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I don't want nothing to do with that. I ain't one of them people, okay? Too bad, so sad. You are a spirit-filled believer. It's in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Now, you may not have given him permission because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. You may not have given him permission to play an active role in your life. You may not be recognizing him. You may not be listening to him. The relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit may be non-existent, but it doesn't deny the fact that he is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you, okay? Number three. We're going somewhere. Hang with me. Number three. The Holy Spirit keeps me honest. The Holy Spirit keeps me honest. And I don't mean just honest in the sense that it keeps me from telling lies. I mean in a bigger way than that. John 16, 8 says, and when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and God's righteousness in the coming judgment. When I give permission to the person of the Holy Spirit that I have a relationship with, when I give permission to the Holy Spirit to play an active role in my life, he helps me to stay on a path that is the best version of me. So when I begin to kind of wander off down thoughts, actions, words, 
emotions, desires that are not the best that God wants for me, when I have given permission to the Holy Spirit to be an active role participant in my life, to lead me and to guide me, the Holy Spirit will speak up and say, Jason, 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 why are you doing that? Why are you thinking that? What's going on? Why do you want that so bad? Why are you acting like that? Anybody in here, you are getting ready to do something you know you shouldn't do, and you felt this thing inside of you say, don't do that, don't do that, don't, don't do that, and we did it anyway, sometimes, sometimes we didn't. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy, it's the Holy Spirit keeping you honest. Now, it is entirely possible for you to say, Holy Spirit, shut up. I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with you. I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and the Bible says he'll let you do it. He'll let you do it. That you can live in a way to, to quiet the voice of the Holy Spirit. And one of the scariest things that will ever happen to you in your life is when you don't feel bad about doing bad things. That means you've gone so far that the Holy Spirit's like, he's going to do it anyway. I'm just going to let him do it. I ain't even going to speak up, right? And I'm making fun, but you understand my point. Like, thank God for conviction. Thank God for the Holy Spirit saying, don't do that. And I know you feel bad about it, but thank God you feel bad about it. You stop feeling bad about it, you're in trouble, Okay. So the Holy Spirit keeps me honest. Now, i got to be honest with you, okay? Everybody's got their issues. But I get, I get really frustrated with incompetence, okay? And, and let me explain to you what I mean by that, because I'm, I'm going to make a joke, but I'm being dead serious. <laughs> the Holy Spirit helps keep me on the path more than any other time when I'm dealing with... Uh, Tech people on phone, tech support people on phone calls. Uh, cable companies, that's good. Uh, restaurant employees, some, not all. Fast food drive through people. Like, all, like and, and I'm making a joke, but here, I'm, I'm being serious when I tell you this, that there are times when I want to say things or I'm feeling things or I want to do things, and I'm not kidding you, when I feel something in me say don't be that guy, Jason. It's the Holy Spirit. There are times in my marriage and my relationship with Andrea when I want to say something to her or I want to try to make her into something, whatever, and I will feel the Holy Spirit say, up, say to me, that's not the kind of husband you want to be. Don't be that. Don't do that. It's keeping me honest. I will find myself frustrated because I want things that I'm not having now, moments of greed or lust or whatever it is. And the Holy Spirit will keep me honest by like almost challenging me in this relationship that we have. And I know it sounds odd and we'll get there, but in this relationship that we have, say, why do you want that so bad? Why, why do you want that so bad? It keeps me honest. Keeps me honest. Keeps me on the path, the best version of myself. And then number four. The Holy Spirit knows the truth I need and when I need it. The Holy Spirit knows the truth I need and when I need it. And of all the characteristics that I could give you today, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Because, you know, it may be different for, for different people, but this is probably the role. Maybe it's just the role that I'm in as a pastor. I don't believe that's true, but this is the role that the Holy Spirit plays in a relationship with me more than any other Jesus said to the disciples, he's going to reveal truth to you. He's going to lead you into truth, guide you into truth. The Holy Spirit knows the truth I need and when I need it. And this happens in several, several different ways. 
One of the ways this happens where the, where the Holy Spirit helps us to, to, to know truth is in understanding. That the Bible tells us that it's entirely possible for two people to hear the same thing and understand it two different ways. Right? You know that's true? So that's why it's possible for me to preach a sermon and have somebody come up to me and say, that message was just for me. You, you've been reading my mail this week. You know, I mean, that, let me, this is God spoke to me in this way, and this is exactly what I needed. And then three minutes later, somebody else could come up to me and say, that message was just for me. And they describe a completely different scenario, same words, and the Holy Spirit helped them understand it in two completely different ways. I can't do that. Like, I don't have the ability to do that. Hold on, I got, I got a little cough going on in my throat. Give me one second. Talk amongst yourselves. Speak on the throat. All right. So it helps me to understand. I, I, love, I love when um, husbands and boyfriends, girlfriends and wives come to church for three, four, or five years praying for you and hoping that God will speak to your heart and you come for years and you're just like, but for whatever reason, one day, the Holy Spirit, knowing what you need to know and when you need to know it, in that day, you understand it like you've never understood it before. That's one of the roles that a relationship with the Holy Spirit will play. It will help you to understand things that you're not able to understand. And, and for some of you in here, maybe you could do it on your own without the Holy Spirit because you're really smart. I barely graduated high school, okay? I don't know how, how you did, but if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I, I wouldn't be able to understand the truths of God that I need to understand that he reveals to me. <laughs> Let me give you an example. This is an extreme example, but I'm going to give you an example. My great-grandfather, who was a pastor, a preacher, he, he dropped out of school at a young age. He couldn't read, but he could read the Bible. That's the Holy Spirit. There's no other way to explain it, but the Holy Spirit says, okay, here's a guy who can't read, but I'm going to allow him through the power of the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible. And the same thing is true in your life, that the Holy Spirit the person of the Holy Spirit who wants to have a relationship with you knows that there are things that God wants to teach you and that Jesus is trying to teach you and reveal to you and show to you and wants you to know. Sometimes it's not right. I had a guy stop me after the 10 o'clock service and he said, man, for years and years and years, my wife tried to get me to come to church. I would even come sometimes. He said, but when the student is ready to learn, the teacher will teach. And I, it's, it's so true. And, and so one of the ways that the Holy Spirit shows us truth, teaches us truth, is through helping us to understand things that we couldn't normally understand. Another way that the, that the Holy Spirit teaches us things is he reminds us of things. Something you've heard before, something you've read before, a conversation that you had or whatever it is. And, and, and you think to yourself, where did that come from? But it's a truth that's being brought up because the Holy Spirit, maybe you didn't need it then, but the Holy Spirit knows when you need it. And so he re he reminds you. That's, that's one way that the Holy Spirit shows his truth. Uh, maybe it's through revelation, or that's just a fancy way of saying God kind of revealing or teaching you something that you never knew before. It probably shows itself more in the Bible than in any other way, but how many of you have ever just had a Bible fall off the shelf and it fall to a page and you read it and it spoke to right where you were? Has that ever happened to anybody in the room? Yeah. I hear stories like that all the time. And I don't endorse that because I think it's the worst way to read the Bible, but I can't deny that it happens. 
But in a more practical way, you could read a Bible verse a hundred times and you could read it on the hundred and first time and you see something you've never seen before. And you say, I've, I've never read that. I've never read it. It's never, I've ne- it's, I, they, somebody added that. I know I've read this story and that's not, and it's not. It's just that in that moment, the Holy Spirit knew the truth that you needed to know and he, and he knew when you needed to know it. I'm rereading through the story of Moses right now. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you I've probably read every verse of the story of Moses 25 to 50 times. And I'm reading it right now through things that I'm going through in my life personally and in my leadership. And I am getting things out of the story of Moses that I have never gotten before. I call my dad and I'm like, Dad, have you ever read this? He's like, yeah, it's been in there. I'm like, I've never read this. How did I miss that verse every time? But our eyes are just scanning the pages And in our own natural ability, they're just words, but the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. I think one of the rest reasons for you to keep notes when you read the Bible and keep some type of journal is because you get to go back and you don't even realize all the things that God's revealing to you and teaching you and showing you, right? The person of the Holy Spirit who wants to have a relationship with you will speak to you and, and lead you and nudge you and help you. I know that sounds so foreign and we got more weeks to dump, jump into all of that. But the person of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit says, Jason needs some truth today. He needs it now and I'm gonna give it to him. Maybe it's through a church service or a Bible reading or a sermon or a journal entry or a book he's reading or a conversation he's having, whatever it is, he needs some truth today. And on my own ability and my own natural kind of understanding, a relationship with Jesus without the Holy Spirit would just be dry and kind of religious activity. But but, but when I allow the helper to help, he makes a two-dimensional thing three-dimensional. He makes a natural thing supernatural. And he brings the outside elements that are beyond my control and my ability, and he adds help and life and power to a relationship with God. And so Jesus just said, look, I'm leaving, but I want you to know I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you a helper. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's a help to you. He is a helper. And we'll look at some other other things, but, but what I wanted to accomplish on the first week is I wanted to just kind of take us all to the same place and say, why wouldn't we want that? I mean, was there anything that we read today or anything that Jesus said today that we would go, are you kidding me? Heck no, I don't want nothing to do with that. No. Jesus said, look, I'm going, and I'm just going to send you somebody to help you. He's just going to be a helper to you. And I don't know about you, but I could use some help. I could use some help. And Jesus says, well, if you could use some help, I got, I got a gift for you. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And so maybe you're here today and you, like me, have pushed back from the idea of the Holy Spirit because of bad experiences or things that, you know, whatever, stories your brother-in-law told you. I, I get it. Yeah, whatever. I got it. I got it. I got more stories than your brother-in-law. I could mess you up today and scare you to death and you never want anything to do with it again. But it doesn't matter. That's not reason to say, God, even though you want me to have help, I'm not going to receive it. I don't know why churches that believe in the Holy Spirit have the weirdest people, but they, they got the weirdest people. You know what I'm talking about? The weirdest people. But it doesn't matter. 
Still no reason not to receive help. And Jesus says, I just want to help you. I want to send you a helper. So here's a prayer that we're going to pray today. It's a very simple prayer. It's a one-sentence prayer. And here's what I want you to do is I want you to put this on your phone or write it down somewhere. Maybe tell Siri to remind you every morning at 7 a.m. I want us to pray this prayer every day for the next seven days. I want to pray this prayer for the next seven days every day. Here's what it is. God, I want the Holy Spirit to have a bigger role in my life. Boy, that's so simple right there. God, I want the Holy Spirit to have a bigger role in my life. Not a ghost, not a, not a goosebump, not an energy drink. The person of the Holy Spirit who wants to have a relationship with me. My prayer is, God, I want the Holy Spirit to have a bigger role in my life. Can we say that together? Come on, say that with me. God, I want the Holy Spirit to have a bigger role in my life. Come on, let's say it one more time. God, I want the Holy Spirit to have a bigger role in my life. Well, listen, if you want that, he'll do it. You don't have to. It's a take it or leave it option for you. You do not have to. But if you want it, he'll help you. Because that's what he does. He helps. All right, let's pray.